This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live, where Justin is still kind of in a malaise. Like, I don't know. I didn't feel good yesterday. We did that debate anyway, and I said I wasn't going to be on top of my game. But, like, I was flying high after it. Apparently, apparently some of his fan, uh, some of his fans thought that uh, he won the debate. They came by Twitter and YouTube to tell me today. I find that odd, but okay. Uh, more proof that right-wingers are morons, you know? But still, I'm, I don't know if I'm under the weather or just like... Eh. Feeling all that good? I'm not high enough for this shit, I can tell you that. That's where this show is going tonight. Warlord Cicero, good evening. Guy Gomet, thank you for the resub. Yeah, losing the debate broke Justin. But if I if I thought I lost the debate, I sure did a, a fucking weird thing by clipping it and posting it everywhere and tagging the shit out of out of Javon Hutton uh, Permitsky Ball or whatever the fuck his name was Permitsky Ball. What the fuck? How did I even come up with that? <laughs> oh shit! It's gonna be a wild night. We're going to go back in the Wayback Machine tonight. We're going to talk about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, the special prosecutor in the Whitewater Affair. Led to, I don't want to call it a case, because it wasn't really a case. It was just an investigation into some business deals. Media Witch! I'm feeling like a toddler right now. I I went to sleep not long after the stream. I played a little Mortal Kombat. I still need to read that Q-Cat thing. I need to read up on that. (laughs) Uh, My apologies, whoever whoever shared that. I think a couple people shared it out. Like I like I attempted to try to read it there at the end of the stream, but like I had a headache. My eyes were watering, and just like. It wasn't. It wasn't happening. I was like, I can't read right now. I wanted to do a freaking news for this morning, but I just I couldn't go and look up a story and and sit here in this chair long enough to put one together. Oh, I know Scott Cobbett. I know he his reaction. Well, I, I like I made it into a uh, even like a shorter clip for uh, Instagram and shit of just his reaction after. After uh, I left the debate. Hold on. Why'd you take my... Uh, I believe Kesha just flipped uh, flipped you the bird on the monitor behind me. (laughs) 
You want to listen to him? Perfect representation <laughs> of you getting your ass kicked. Ask a question with no fucking interest at all with an answer. No, no interest at all with an answer. He threw out ranked choice voting, expecting me to I, debate it. He said, "I didn't expect him to debate it. I was like, are you for it or against it? Like, I." I have no clue. The only thing he said in response to it was like, I've talked about that a lot on this show next. Leads me to believe, like, I don't even know if you could properly describe it. But that is the that is the second time that I feel like I've won a debate simply by talking about policy and exposing that the person I was debating doesn't know about policy. <laughs> And then, like, thinking about it this morning, I was like, geez, why didn't I get to that sooner? I could have ended that a lot earlier in the debate. Here's your meme of the day. Fuck the queen and her entire family. It's a a Charlie Brown statement there. And then Snoopy responds, I think you have to be a part of the family to get in on that. You live in sexual anarchy. One of his fans came to my Twitter to tell me about how I was wrong that we are a democracy. To which I gave them multiple resources of how we are a representative democracy. Including linking him to the Library of Congress. To which he scoffed at the Library of Congress. Calling us a representative democracy. Good thing you did, Sky Comet. I would have let it go on another hour or so. Like, I don't know when to quit. You guys need to do that. I don't know when to quit. I am a glutton for punishment and I will keep coming back. So when you feel like I have I have accomplished what needs to be accomplished, redeem that. That's why I put it there. Because I do not exercise discretion in that manner. I will I will keep going long after uh, long after it needs to be left alone. So I appreciate it. The The clip ended up being 30 minutes for YouTube, which is about perfect. Not high enough for this shit. Not on the show. We're going to party like it's 1998. We're going to talk about Monica Lewinsky. We're going to talk about the Bill Clinton scandal. Ken Starr has died. So why not? Why it's the it's the first time to talk about the Monica Lewinsky scandal in depth for me here on the Troll Patrol. We've referenced Monica multiple times because she is a badass. And I specifically in in going back and, and pulling out clips and stuff, I wanted to hear from Monica. So you will hear Monica talk about the situation because I think it is important to platform her voice. I was going to hear about how Ken Starr didn't feel like he owed Monica an apology. 
piece of shit, rest in piss. Just saying. Just saying. Also on the show tonight, we're going to talk about the railroad strike that could be happening. Also, Minnesota nurses have gone on strike. One of the largest strikes in the history of the country. Plus, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says it's absurd to say that the GOP is trying to take away abortion rights and gay marriage. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham introduced his bill to ban abortion federally. Feels like a good time to talk about Lance Wallenew and Christian nationalism, as well as Dennis Prager's take on the Nazis, which uh, (laughs) is going to be a doozy. Plus, CRT dude, Chris Rufo, says that we don't tell girls that they are ugly enough. And if that wasn't enough, dumb fucks on this show for you. Glenn Greenwald goes on Tucker Carlson (laughs) to talk about the dark Brandon speech. They're still, still coping and seething over that. Plus so much more. You're on the Troll Patrol Live. Of course, the phone lines are open. 917-830-4359. Probably not in the mood for it tonight, but I wasn't last night either, and that was some of my best work. So, hey, try me. The Discord's also open. And obviously, if somebody comes in here and tells me, like, hey, you're too afraid to go challenge this right-winger you've never heard of, clearly, clearly I'm not. Lady Lindsay mocks. Gotta get you a CRT TV. Because if you if you try to play a Nintendo on a nice TV now, it's gonna look like shit. Because and this is something I'm fascinated by. That you know, like uh if you remember uh retro games looking better than what you, you see them on like a high def TV when you play them now. There's a reason for that, and that's because the designers of the games actually designed the sprites in the game to take into account the CRT TV. Like, they incorporated the blurriness and the lines in the TV into their character designs. That's why you had to do, like, a, a pixel smoothing when you when you're playing a game on a uh, nicer resolution TV. Dustin, good evening. Mox, did I officially tell you good evening? Did I did I tell you I love your face? Warlord, I love your face. Media Winch, of course. I, I've told you I love you like, what, two or three times today already? Just saying. Unofficially. <laughs> I feel like I just responded to what you what you said and I didn't give you an official howdy. You a howdy. And maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that's what I do. Uh, next week, everybody gets a howdy. Fox, howdy. Maybe I'll change it every week. That, that can become a new thing. I'll, I'll change the greeting 
Change the salutation I greet you with. People say I'm an asshole. Oh, apparently Joven, uh, which by the way, I don't think he goes by that. Maybe it's Jay Hutton or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even fucking know. Joven was on the screen. As I was clipping it last night, Cicero, did I not say hey to you? I'm so fucking sorry. Cicero, I love your face. Cicero, Cicero is king of the chat tonight. How about that? King of the fucking chat. Do you have a VIP? How do I sign you a VIP badge? That's a thing I can do. Maybe I can't because you got a moderator badge. I don't fucking know. I need a king of the chat badge. Your head mod tonight, Cicero. <laughs> it's fine. I wanted to make it official. I wanted to make it official. You know, uh, what, how does this song go? Uh, uh, if you like it, you got to put a ring on it or something. I fucked that up, didn't I? I don't even know the words. I don't fucking know the words. <laughs> that was like the video of the decade or some shit for the 2000s. It's all right, but you know, I thought Taylor Swift had a better video. Oh, I can't VIP a mod. Okay. That's, that's the reason why you're already VIP enough. You're, you're above a VIP. Oh, well, I guess you're wrenched over there as Ashley. You're not wrenched over there as Media Winch. Wrench the Winch. Is there anybody else watching on YouTube right now that needs a wrench while I'm over there? Because uh, I I have Twitter up or uh, Twitch up. I don't usually have. Uh, let's do watching the. On YouTube right now. Yeah, let's do the. While I'm over there. Cause, do the Inception uh, I, thing here. I have Twitter up or uh, Twitch up. I don't usually have, uh, let's do the, on YouTube right now. yeah, let's do the, I'm over there cause do the uh, inception I, thing here. I have Twitter up or uh, Twitch up. I don't usually have, uh, let's do the, on YouTube right now. yeah, let's do the, I'm over there cause do the inception uh, thing here. Twitch up. I don't usually have, uh, let's do the, on YouTube right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was just me. That was just me having fun. The fucking update, the OBS, has just messed everything up. I don't know where my, my shit is now. Hey, Justin, are you trolling? I was talking about with the audio, Sky Comet. We, we went into multiple layers of... Uh, oh, you wanted, the, you wanted the video? Oh, I should have put the video over there, too. See, I'm not on the browser that could give her the... The power on this on this screen. I use a different browser. That's when people get on to me about the Bing uh, or, or uh, using uh, Microsoft Edge. I just use it for this show. It's just the it's because I don't use it personally. It's just a browser for this show. Where is it?
I use like Firefox and Google for my purposes. God damn it. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, it kind of freaked me out when uh, I heard Dave refer to her like as Ash or something. How dare you employ her government name? I never, I never called Sparkles by her government name on screen. Fuck, I never called Sparkles by her government name anytime I talked to her in real life. <laughs> the one time her mom called her by her name, I'm like, that's so fucking weird. Like, I'd never heard anybody refer to her as anything but Sparkles. Everyone called her Sparkles. Did I say her name? Like, I knew I knew her name. I knew her name. I got, like, she she would email me from her work email and everything. I know, I know her name. Top of government. Sparkle. Fuck yeah, you're winchy. You're my winchy poo. If we make it to 80. Ain't looking too promising. We got a good 10 years left, probably. What the full armor of God? What the fuck was that shit? DeSantis, full armor of God rhetoric reaches Republicans, but is he playing with fire? Yes. The question, Yeah, the answer is yes. Too ornery to die. Exactly right. We're gonna be living through the Mad Max years. Only instead of instead of uh, fighting over water, it's gonna be like fucking pot. We're gonna be we're gonna be the lording over a pot field, and maybe have to get water in order to to, to water the pot field. Water is gonna be an issue in the future. Who am I? Who am I to discount that? I'm sorry, I'm just, uh, it's another night of just me rambling for 20 minutes. I should do the news, shouldn't I? I had a, uh, my program director, my mentor in the radio business, actually told me uh, one day that he looked forward to the day that he would be sitting on his back porch, drinking coffee, smoking a cigarette, and listening to me on the radio as I ran the bitch. And like, even I, I think both of us knew that wasn't gonna fucking happen. One, he's been dead for like 10 years now. And fucking like, Randy, seriously. Um, there's not many people that I have admiration for in this world. He was one of them. He taught me a hell of a lot. Um, but two, like, we both knew I wasn't going to stay at that radio station, that I wasn't going to stay in that fucking town, that, that my aspirations were to be far bigger. And my boss, and like, the, the boss above him, who wasn't my mentor, but was, was very influential in my life, he told me, he's like, you can stay here and you can be a big fish in a little pond, or you can go out there and be a, a small fish in a big pond. It's like, yeah, I want to go be the the small fish in a big pond. I don't like this. I don't like this big fish in a little pond bullshit. 
I never really got to the point where I was a big fish. Like, at the time I got fired from the radio station, I was just getting to the point where, like, I would sign my fucking credit card receipt and shit. People would be like, Justin Mullins? The dude on the radio? I was just getting to that point. <laughs> exactly! Exactly. He was saying, please don't make me have to interview people again. And I got one more story, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. Battle Opossum, who was my best friend. Uh, he wasn't always my best friend, and we, we had a mutual friend that kind of, you know, brought us together originally, and this was back in that time when he and I were still a little at odds with each other. This is when I was a senior in high school. We were at, or maybe it was a junior in high school. It was a junior in high school, because I, I weren't there my senior year. But my junior year of high school, we are at, uh, at the festival in the town that we live at. And it's a really big festival. Like, it's the second largest public gathering in the, in the state of Kentucky, or was at the time. We didn't have a racetrack then. It might be third or fourth now. Um, but at the time, like, it was, you know, it was a huge deal in the state. It's a, it's a, it's a Shriners thing. It raises money for Cripple Kid, blah, 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 blah. We're at the Hillbilly Days Festival. Yes, that's what it was called, the Hillbilly Days. And this is where I'm like, I, I have, like, already put in my application at this radio station. Because at the time, like... I'm, like, trying to think of what the fuck I can do that's something in my wheelhouse. And, like, the only thing we have is a radio station. There's no TV station in my town. You know, I could go work for a newspaper or something. The radio was more up my alley, right? So I'm, like, trying to get on this radio station. I've called them and bugged the shit out of them. I've, I've submitted my resume. So we go to the festival. And I, I, I confront Randy, who became my mentor and, and, and taught me so much about radio. I go and I confront him, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, I've called, and blah, I'm Justin Mullins, I'm, I'm, I'm in the performing arts, I'm on the, on the radio at my high school, all this stuff, I really want a job, blah, blah, blah. And he asked me if I go to Pikeville High School, the city school. And Battle Opossum is standing next to me, and he says, Pikeville people smell like cabbage. And apparently, like, Randy told me later that that almost cost me my job, that he didn't give me that, man, like, Jesse and I, or Battle Opossum and I were not uh, best friends at this time, and I, I was, I was kind of pissed at him over that. But no, everything, everything worked out, because I'm, I'm, you know, that good. Pikeville people smell like cabbage. That's, uh... He went on to be my best friend, but there there was a lot of shit in between that. Fucking my girlfriend. That was that was something that happened. But we're best friends now. Anyway, let's do let's do the news. Let's fucking do the news. I'm not high enough for this shit. Get into it. We got right wingers with dumb shit to say, uh, and we got right wingers that are dead now, and they don't have anything to say anymore. This is Ken Starr. Live now from Fox, uh, we are following uh, some breaking news, especially out of Washington. Uh, some happened about three or four news. hours ago. We're getting word that prominent attorney and former U.S. Solicitor General Ken Starr has died at the age of 76. He a, was a key figure in the impeachment of former President Bill Clinton. Starr may be most well known for his time as a federal judge and a prominent attorney investigating former President Clinton. That investigation ultimately led from fraudulent 
real estate deals, of course, to the sex scandal involving Clinton and White House intern Monica Lewinsky. For 25 years, Starr taught constitutional law as an adjunct or visiting professor at prominent universities across the country, uh, including Pepperdine University and the Baylor Law School, where Starr would later become the university's 14th president. Starr resigned that post following an external review into the school's response to reports of sexual violence against students. Yep, that sounds about right. Starr was recruited for former President Trump's legal team during his impeachment trial. Starr survived, is, is survived rather, by his beloved wife Alice, to whom he was married for 25 years, excuse me, 52 years, rather. Ooh, ooh. Again, if you're just joining us here, the prominent attorney and former U.S. Solicitor General, Ken now, Starr. I do recommend American Crime Story on FX. Texas. American so Crime Story impeachment story, uh, is excellent. The evening hours here on Live Now from Fox, we'll be bringing some uh, former federal prosecutors uh, and legal experts on to the program to talk about. So that was the official proclamation, kind of summation of who Ken Starr was. But, you know, he's best known for uh, his investigation into Bill Clinton. This is the Vice News piece. America was obsessed with an investigation of a sitting president accused the, of... This is uh, from 2018, I believe. ...controlled by the opposition, went on to impeach the president over what the investigation found. 20 years later, the man who led that investigation is out with a new memoir, and his expertise is suddenly back in demand. Vice News sat down with Ken Starr in Palm Beach. I don't know how. He should have been disgraced. He shouldn't have been teaching law anywhere. I comment. Always have to deal with that. It might even somehow look like the Starr report. And I'm hoping you can explain kind of your thoughts on that. So this is leading up to the Mueller report. What to expect. What I do know is that the regulations under which he was appointed do not... And And this motherfucker capitalized on the fervor around the Mueller report in order to write a memoir about his bullshit because there were so many uh, also it was the 20, 20th anniversary but like and it, probably the 20th anniversary had more to do with it now that I think about it like I'm sorry to impugn your character there are many other reasons to impugn your character sir another one of the the downfalls of being live is you sometimes have to think things through as you say them. <laughs> Probably had more to do with the 20th anniversary, but also, hey, good timing with the Mueller report. Hey, who am I, who am I to fault him on that one? Contemplate a fulsome kind of report. All things considered, I think there will be a report that is sent by the Attorney General of the Act. I, wanna, I, wanna, I actually want to hear what he has to say looking back on 1998. It's not required. So there was a dialing back from the independent counsel reporting requirements that required the independent counsel to report directly to the House of Representatives at a pretty low threshold with no guidance as to how fulsome, how complete the report should be. But in the public interest, I have a feeling the Attorney General will feel, based on his consultation with incoming Senate Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham, the Attorney General would be very wise, I believe, to hear. We're, we're going to go into that, Scott Comet. I mean, hopefully Ken Starr is going to go into that right now, but like we're, we're kind of in 
current events. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So it wasn't adultery they impeached him over. They couldn't find anything. It was a witch hunt. Like, literally a witch hunt. They just, like, there was an open investigation on Clinton the entire time he was in office, basically. Maybe maybe it, it, it subsided after the... Subsided? Is that the word? Subsided. After the uh, uh, impeachment failed. I mean, or, I mean, he was impeached, not convicted in the Senate. Um, it was because he lied. They they got him on perjury, and, and we're we're going to go into how he got out of it. Because <laughs> like I didn't know until I watched American Crime Story how brilliant of a legal legal maneuver it was. Uh, we're we're gonna get into all of that. Entitled impeachment. It's the wrong way to go. We've had two impeachments. Neither has succeeded. One was entirely political. But now we know from the Clinton investigation that the president can even be proven to have committed crimes. But unless there's a close nexus. Whoa, he he thinks the Clinton one was the was the one that was was justified (laughs) with the conduct of the office itself, even a federal criminal (laughs) can continue to occupy uh, the office of the presidency in the view of the American people. It seems to be that you're implying that impeachment is better suited for national security issues when the underlying issue is a national security issue. Well, I would add to that, though, one of the constitutionally enumerated offenses, which is bribery. Mm -hmm. So that's just, you have used your power in order to enrich yourself, right? And, of course, treason is the sort of ultimate crime. Well, like, if they were under oath or something, like, he got him under oath to testify... And let's allow the uh, to give a deposition, and that's when he. Lo- we'll get into it. We'll get into. It. There is a lot of suspicion that his main qualification. Oh, for we're the still job, we're still talking uh, about. I'm sorry, I was wanting to get into. See, see, Ken Starr recalls Clinton investigation twenty years since impeachment. I was lied to. I was lied to with the title, but I had this as a backup. <laughs> I had this as a bag up just in case. In 1998, Americans were divided over Bill Clinton's affair with a White House intern. In the 20 years since, those feelings have only grown more complicated. Monica Lewinsky herself has recently said that her thoughts on the affair have changed in light of the Me Too movement. As with Watergate and the current investigations into Russian meddling in the 2016 election, the presidential scandal was also complicated, involving a number of players, allegations, and legal proceedings. On the 20th anniversary of the Clinton impeachment, here's a guide to how it happened. In 1994, former Arkansas State employee Paula Jones sued Bill Clinton for sexual harassment, arguing that he propositioned her when he was governor. A legal group working on the case in I am pretty sure that it was consensual. Given all the facts, I'm pretty sure that she had a consensual sexual encounter with him and then changed her mind and claimed that it was sexual assault. It wasn't like that. Like he didn't fuck her. Like, um, like she gave him a handy or some shit. And like, and like the, the details have come out that like, he often had women give him handies and didn't get off. 1998 received an anonymous tip that the president had a relationship with Lewinsky, an intern for his chief of staff. 
Or she kissed it. That's what it was. She kissed it. This was a pattern of behavior. On January 7th, 1998, Lewinsky filed a sworn affidavit in the Jones lawsuit saying she had never had a relationship with Clinton. But she did not know that a close friend, Linda Tripp, had been taping conversations with her about the affair. Five days after the affidavit was filed, Tripp gave independent counsel Kenneth Starr 20 hours of taped phone calls. Starr had been investigating the Clintons over a real estate venture known as Whitewater, but the recordings allowed him to get permission on January 16th to investigate whether Lewinsky had lied under oath. In a deposition in the Jones... Oh, no, Sky Comet, she's talked about how uh, the right-wing... Because this is, this is where Ann Coulter comes from. This is where the Drudge Report comes from. There are so many people that are prominent now in politics thanks to them writing this fucking scandal. And, and like, they were the ones helping circulate the stories and everything and helping all this sh- shit come out. And, like, Paula Jones has come out and admitted that, like, right-wing media used her. Like, she like she gave an interview to Playboy and shit about it. The next day, Clinton denied the affair as well. This turned out to be a key moment of his presidency. That same day, online news outlet The Drudge Report published a story claiming that Newsweek was sitting on a story about Clinton's affair with an intern. It later published... Yeah, there, there are indeed... Uh, accusations against Clinton where he might have assaulted people. Monica was a completely consensual relationship. There are so many things to go after them for, yes. And they did indeed smear the fuck out of it. Monica is... And Monica, if you have never heard Monica speak, please, please stick around for that because she is probably like the best person in all of this. She is the she is the most wholesome, intelligent person in all of this. She is amazing. Lewinsky had a blue cocktail dress with Clinton's bodily fluids on it. Clinton again denied the affair, this time on nationally broadcast television, saying, "I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky." On January 27th, Hillary Clinton echoed the denial, arguing in an interview on the Today Show that the charges came from a vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. As the months drew to a close, a federal judge ruled that the Jones lawyers could not look into the Lewinsky claim as part of their lawsuit. But the Starr investigation continued on a separate path. In early February, Lewinsky's mother appeared before a grand jury. She had been suspected of encouraging her daughter to lie to Jones's lawyers. After three days of questioning, Starr granted her immunity in exchange for handing over the blue dress. As the summer began, the July issue of Vanity Fair appeared on newsstands featuring glamour shots of Lewinsky, a PR decision that was harshly criticized. On July 27th, Lewinsky met with Starr's prosecutors in New York City, and they announced an immunity deal for her the next day. Clinton then agreed to testify before the grand jury voluntarily. In August, the president provided a blood sample to compare his DNA to the stains on the blue dress. That month, Lewinsky and Clinton testified to the grand jury, with the president's testimony taken by closed-circuit TV. He admitted to inappropriate intimate contact, but also said that he had given accurate testimony previously, famously quibbling over the definition of is. Later that evening, he spoke to the nation in a televised address. In a deposition in January, I was asked questions about my relationship with Monica Lewinsky. While my answers were legally accurate, I did not volunteer information. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. The deposition is important because the deposition is when he was under oath and he lied. This is 
God damn it. What the hell? <laughs> the deposition is when he was under oath and he lied. The famous depends on what your definition of the word is is. Misleading testimony last January was not in fact perjury. The statement of uh, your attorney, Mr. Benedict, Paul Jones' deposition, the statement that there was no sex of any kind in any manner, shape or form with President Clinton was an utterly false statement. Is that correct? It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. If the if the if is means is and never has been, that is not a, that's one thing. If it means there is none, that was a completely true statement. What about the president's testimony in January that he didn't remember ever being alone with Lewinsky? Was that a so why is that important? Like this is this is brilliant legal maneuvering. I learned this from American Crime Story. I didn't know it before then. So uh, it depends on the meaning of what the word is. Is the distinction between is and was was seized on by the commentariat when Clinton told Jim Lehrer of PBS right after the Lewinsky story broke. There is. No improper relationship. But when Monica gave her written statement, this statement was correct. (laughs) So it was very slick legal maneuvering. In fact, it was wrong. The next month, Congress received two copies of Starr's 445-page report on the investigation and supporting evidence. The Starr report, along with transcripts... Junior! Good evening. ...were later released to the public. On October 8th, the House of Representatives voted to begin an impeachment inquiry. Despite the controversy... No, I, I, I mentioned the other day how many crazy things have happened on September 11th. Well, well... <laughs> Along with transcripts of the The Star Report released to the public. On October 8th, the House of Representatives voted to begin an impeachment inquiry. Despite the controversy and the impeachment, President Clinton remained popular in polls, and Hillary Clinton saw her poll numbers rise as well. During the midterm elections, yeah, that's the weirdest thing is that Bill Clinton became more popular. And also, you got to remember this is the middle of 1998, this is one of the most prosperous years on uh, like. Any country has had in the history of the earth. 1998, we are in the middle of the fucking tech boom, and it is to the fucking moon. So, <laughs> just to put things in perspective. November, Democrats did unusually well. In mid-November, Clinton settled the sexual harassment lawsuit with Jones, which had kick-started the scandal, paying her $850,000 and admitting nothing. During a lame duck session on Congress on December 19th, the House voted to impeach Clinton on two charges, that he committed perjury in his August 17th federal grand jury testimony, and that he prevented, obstructed, and impeded the administration of justice. As 1999 opened, the Senate began its constitutionally mandated impeachment trial, with the Supreme Court's Chief Justice presiding. On February 12th, 
13 months after the scandal began. The Senate voted to acquit Clinton on both charges. The respondent, William Jefferson Clinton, President of the United States, is not guilty, is charged. Later that day, Clinton apologized to the American public in an address from the White House. I want to say again to the American people how profoundly sorry I am for what I said and did to trigger these events and the great burden they have imposed on the Congress and on the American people. Burden indeed, because this is just the next step in the evolution of the 24-hour-a-day news cycle and, and the hellscape that we're living in now. You're coming off of the hills of the O.J. Simpson trial right here. This is this is literally in the infancy of court TV and CNN transitioning from a just like a, a, a channel that repeats the headlines every hour to a channel that's trying to participate in the infotainment era that the 2000s would become known for. This is such a this is such a wild moment in time to have lived through. Now, Ken Starr himself, who died today at the age of seventy six, uh, says that he uh, regrets the Clinton investigation. I don't know exactly what he regrets about it. But that he won't apologize Lewinsky to Monica. Said the release of the Star Report, the 445-page report, was one of the worst days of her life. She wants an apology. Will you apologize to her? No, I, I, I won't, because unfortunately, the facts are the facts, and we were put in the position that, under the statute in which I was appointed, I had a duty, I had a responsibility. I will say, and I've said it many times, I regret all the pain that resulted to. So many, including to the nation. Of course, I regret that. But no, I... He he regrets all the pain he caused. I can't in conscience uh, say uh, to Monica anything other than, I'm sorry that the whole thing happened. Mm -hmm. The day that she was questioned in a hotel room was dubbed... Oh, McGrady, welcome. Good evening. Uh, the, The impeachment trial and all that shit happened... The story broke in early 1998. That's when the public became aware of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. They were aware of the Paula Jones and and, and uh, Whitewater and all that shit. But, like, nothing had really come of it. But Monica Lewinsky broke, like, right after Christmas, the beginning of 1998. And it consumed media all through 1998. It's fucking wild operation prom night why was a sting operation necessary it wasn't a sting operation what it was was simply a mechanism of trying to confirm what we thought we knew and we did know it these were in fact the facts and to give her the opportunity to cooperate with the investigation had she cooperated this entire matter would have been wound up in a matter of several weeks and the nation would have been spared all this. Oh, he's blaming her. We treat her with respect and said, here is... Fuck you. You can cooperate with the investigation, which has been authorized by the Attorney General uh, and was destined to be authorized. I think he knows he's lying. Look at that smirk on his face. Now, please cooperate and let's get this over with. Can I ask about... 
former. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. He paid a lot of attention to me. He's this been, is Monica. He held my hand longer than oh, he shit. should have and gave what others have described as the full Bill Clinton. It feels the full as Bill Clinton person standing there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered this earlier. It was in the it was in the first news piece that we watched. He stepped down as president of Baylor uh, because of multiple accusations by students of covering up sexual assault. Infamous start. Which, by the way, guys, is far more common on college campuses than you know, which it makes perfect sense. But colleges go out of their way to deal with it without without the press ever finding out, without any kind of criminal report. That's why they would. That's why they're they're uh, always beefing up their police forces on campus so they can deal with things like that uh, internally. They want to try to keep it hush-hush because they don't want a reputation going around of like, oh, this is a campus where students get sexually assaulted. And it's fucking horrendous. Illicit affair, one that nearly toppled a president. My uh, underwear had showing my thong underwear, and I thought... Well, I'll up the game. Monica Lewinsky speaking out about the flirtatious moments that landed her squarely at the center of a White House scandal. I kind of have to laugh at my younger self, but that was when my crush started. The unpaid intern and the commander in chief. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Now for Lewinsky, a new reckoning with her past in a revealing six-part docu-series entitled The Clinton Affair, airing on A&E. Front and center, President Clinton's reckless behavior, which almost cost... Well, get the Monica, goddammit! Fresh out of college, Lewinsky catches the eye of the president as he's leaving the White House and goes out of her way to catch it again. I did this really silly thing. I ran home at lunchtime and I put back on the sage green suit I had been wearing the day before when he paid attention to me. I thought, well, maybe he'll notice me again. And notice... I was going to grab her TED Talk, but it was 20 minutes. ...reflects back on her own naivete. I probably should have grabbed her TED Talk. You want? Should I go get her... Uh, I think it meant more to me that someone who... Uh, should I go grab it? Like, like it was 20 minutes long, though. This is eight minutes. I was kind of hoping like I could find something that was like four or five. I was in that very moment at 22 years old. That was... But also don't wanna, I don't want to hear about the affair. That I don't care about. I want to hear I want to hear Monica talk candidly. I was mortified and afraid of what this was going to do to my family and you know I still was in love with Bill at the time um so I just I felt really responsible. Lewinsky eventually struck a deal for total immunity. In exchange, she gave up key pieces of evidence, including those gifts from the president and that blue dress, the physical proof of their relationship. I was going to the White House in the dark of night to take a blood sample from the sitting president of the United States to compare with a semen stain on a dress of a 22-year-old. President Clinton would undergo impeachment. It's absurd. Of 1998. I don't remember exactly what I did say with her. That's what you say I said. 
The prospect of impeachment can never be far from President Clinton's mind these days. For only the second time in history, the House of Representatives would vote to impeach a president, but the Senate later voted to acquit. He leaves office with, I think, something along the lines of a 65% approval rating. But Monica's role in the Clinton affair, forever etched in the memory of the American public, skewered on late night shows. Bill, you already said you had no sexual relationship with Monica. And hounded by the press. I think we're learning more and more right now, too, in the Me Too movement around people in power just how reckless they act. Earlier this year, Mr. Clinton was asked about the scandal by NBC. Well, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to her. I apologize to everybody in the world, though. wrong. But you didn't apologize <laughs> to her, at least according to, to folks that we've talked no, to. No, you didn't, you fucking asshole. I have not talked to her. Do you I, feel I like you owe her an apology? No, I do. I, I, I do not. I have never talked to her. But I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. And then just last month, Hillary Clinton was asked by CBS if time had changed her opinion. And in retrospect, do you think Bill should have resigned, President Clinton should have resigned in the 90s in the wake of the... You know, if Bill had resigned, Al Gore probably would have fared a lot better as an incumbent. Despite the re-examination that Me Too may have brought, Lewinsky still contends that it hasn't come far enough for her. Writing in that essay for Vanity Fair, what feels more important to me than whether I am owed or deserving of a personal apology is my belief that Bill Clinton should want to apologize. I'm less disappointed by him and more disappointed for him. He would be a better man for it, and we, in turn, a better society. Monica apologizes to both Hillary and, and Chelsea. I mean, I Look at Monica's a badass. Monica has always been very upfront about... This was a consensual affair, and her regret in that. But what about I wanted to hear from her, I like it was other people talking the entire time. God damn it. <sighs> Check out the docu series if you want to. Let's come back into the. Let's come back into the 2020, 2022, 2020. Let's not go back to 2020. Let's stay in 2022. For those of you who might who might just be getting here, it's I'm I'm I haven't been feeling good the last couple of days. It's just I'm I'm off. God damn it! And Twitter just keeps doing weird things to me like this. Like I'll open a new tab and it'll work. Warlord wants to go back to 1775 when the when the crown still ruled over us. What is the most overlooked part of the Biden but according according to Glenn Greenwald, Biden's gonna make himself the king and rule over us. So we're we're gonna have a crown. What is right. the most overlooked part of the Biden administration is that before January 6th, there was an attempt to import that war on terror, that first war on terror, onto domestic soil. Adam Schiff, one of the most authoritarian members of Congress, in addition to being one of the most pathological liars, had legislation pending that would do nothing but take that first war on terror and make it domestic. And you can look at a Wall Street Journal article on November 15th, two months before January 6th, right when Biden was declared the winner, where they said that a top priority of the Biden administration is to reintroduce the war on terror, but this time on domestic soil. So they justify... What? When did that happen? Wait, what? What? When did that happen? 
Did I miss something, guys? When, when, where was this declaration of a new war on terror? Like, I watch this shit every night, right? Like, I, like if that happened, I would have seen it. I mean, I'm not on top of my game tonight, but like, I, I would... What? <laughs> Two months before January 6th, right when Biden was declared the winner, where they said that a top priority of the Biden administration is to reintroduce the war on terror, but this time on domestic soil. So they justify it now in the wake of 1-6, even though before 1-6, this was what they were intending to do as a way of criminalizing their opposition and solidifying... What? <laughs> that Glenn, that's that's batshit. Solidifying authoritarian powers on American soil. That's the part that's the part I didn't let it finish. Glenn. That's just absurd. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you know. Let's talk about abortion. If you want to talk about solidifying authoritarian powers, let's talk about taking away a woman's right. Marjorie Taylor Glean, uh, Marjorie Taylor Glean, Marjorie Taylor Green claims it's a lie to say that the Republicans are trying to take away abortion and gay rights. And we will see this continue leading into November because they believe the way to drive people to the polls is by scaring them. They're lying to women all over America saying that they can't have an abortion anymore, which that's a lie. There's plenty of places that women can easily get an abortion. They're lying to to gay Americans saying that Republicans are trying to take away gay marriage when that's not something. I haven't even seen a bill that says anything like that. So they're not trying to stop women from having abortions. Remember that. Here is... Lindsey Graham proposing his nationwide uh, ban on abortion. Lindsey Graham introducing a bill today that would restrict abortion on the federal level. The bill would ban abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. There would be exceptions in situations involving rape, incest, or risks to the life and physical health of the mother. However, the new federal law would not impact state laws concerning abortion rights. And the first thing I would say about uh, the Dobbs decision is that abortion's not banned in America. It's left up to elected officials in America to define the issue. You have states have the ability to do it at the state level, and we have the ability in Washington to speak on this issue if we choose. I have chosen to speak. Well, in June, Graham called the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe versus Wade a law. I have chosen to speak. Lindsey Graham proposes new national abortion restriction bill. Legislation includes exceptions for situations involving rape, incest, or risks to the life and physical health of the mother. If we take back the House and the Senate, I can assure you we'll have a vote. Graham has previously introduced bills that sought to ban abortion nationally from 20 weeks. Graham's plan comes less than two months out from the midterm elections, with abortion expected to be an important issue for voters following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Republican candidates across the U.S. have moved to disappear hardline anti-abortion stances they took during their primaries, particularly in battleground states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Colorado, Arizona, and North Carolina. Proposals like the one today send a clear message from MAGA Republicans to women across the country. Your body, our choice, said Senate 
Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Hold on, I left off. I left off a video I wanted because it's talking about them walking back their stances in. Pennsylvania had a Dr. Oz video looking pretty fucking rough too oh 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 it's not about abortion of course he's transitioning from abortion to uh, attacking trans people and I certainly don't want to do that tonight I, I'm not into that. Had a, I've had enough of that today on Twitter. People attacking trans people. But I did see Charlie Kirk share out today uh, Dr. Phil losing his cool after a pro-life activist schools him with facts. So let's see what facts they've got. The predicate of your positions that life begins at fertilization, that science is very clear about that. And you have to know science isn't, there's no consensus among the scientific community. There is, Dr. Phil. 96% of scientists say that life begins at fertilization. If you're an in vitro specialist, you're looking to create a single cell embryo. What are you trying to say, Dr. Phil? You are wrong. Scientific fact. Well, actually, it's not. Well, when do you when do you say human life begins then? There's well, it doesn't matter what I think. I I, I don't care what I. What I think, Doctor. And also, I've I have done a fantastic job of pausing it on a hilarious screenshot. What I think Dr. Bill is trying to say is like the idea of when life begins is like when the soul when the when you have a formation of who you are. Of when life begins. Technically, when a fucking egg is fertilized, it's alive. Technically, the sperm and the egg separately are alive, Miss Pro-Lifer. Technically. So what we're what we're talking about here is when like a, a, a person is there, a soul is formed. Every sperm is sacred. That's Monty Python, right? Is it Life of Brian? Exactly, Mock. Cells are life. I need to take a... I need to take a... I mean, I just... That's perfect. I didn't do anything to it. I didn't Photoshop it. Nothing. Bill, you funny fucker. Bill, you funny fucker. But I think what I'm saying is well, the scientific is- community does not have a consensus about when life begins. It's simply and that inaccurate. Is, You're sim- it's simply inaccurate. That's not true. You can go to the body. A single of, cell embryo is a unique new human life. You can go to the body of scientific a, a cell is a is a life find neuroscientists who say that it begins when there is a detectable 
brainwave. But Dr. Phil, in to. an abortion, if it's not a human life, why do you have to kill it? I haven't spoken over you, and you keep speaking over me, and I assume that's because you don't want me to finish my thought, which is, if anyone here wants to fact check me instead of speak over me, you can go to the scientific literature. <laughs> Look at Dr. Phil. I didn't think... In most instances, you will not be rooting for Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil is a pretty shitty person and overall a grifter. In this case, he's right. What's up, Tones? What the definition is but he's, of the beginning. He's doing a shit-ass job. She's throwing him off his game, I guess. He's doing a shit-ass job explaining it. That's why I guess I'm better with, with people like that. ...of life, and you will find that there are different definitions and it's up to you to decide what you think that's what that's what being pro-choice phil be pro-choice all right when we come back from the other side of the break we're going to talk about christian nationalism we're going to hear from lance wallanoo christian national they're upset about us rightfully calling them out Plus the CRT dude, Chris Rufo, says that girls don't get told they're ugly enough. We're going to talk about railroad strikes. We're going to talk about nurse strikes. We're going to talk about uh, workers in Washington and Oregon going on strike. Hell yeah, all that and more on the other side of the break. Here on the Troll Patrol. Live. I swear, eventually, I'm going to run out of queen memes. But they've just been so bountiful. <laughs> it's the it's the Grim Reaper at the Claw Machine. Queen Elizabeth II? Is Henry Kissinger not even in this thing? I'm really coasting. I'm really coasting tonight. Also, here's the thing is like, I realized I didn't even do a lot of the stories that I had prepared for last night. And I accidentally erased all my notes. I went to do today's notes. Um, really upset me. I had a pretty, I had a pretty good show laid out. Had some cop videos and shit. Yeah, that happened. Henry even Kissinger. Man, will I be glad when that dude dies? Is that against terms of service? Can I say that on Twitch? Or would like somebody reviewing that from Twitch be like, yeah, we all hope Henry Kissinger dies. That's totally cool. Nah, it's against terms of service, but we'll let you slide with that one. That was a freebie. <laughs> Everybody's in total agreement on that one. Fuck Henry Kissinger. Just saying. 
This is Lance Wallanu. We've checked in on him before, and like it's it's been duds. It's all been duds. But this was shared out by Right Wing Watch, and it's uh, apparently he's upset that people are calling him Christian National, Christian Nationalist. Like it's a bad thing. Donald Trump Jr., Doug Mastriano, me at this uh, Friday rally right there in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. I believe the spirit of God is going to show up in a unique way. They're attacking everyone who is a Christian. That doesn't sound like a, that sounds like a nightmare blunt rotation, sir. I don't want to show up for that. Doug Mastriano, me at this uh, Friday rally right there in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. I believe the spirit of God is going to show up in a unique way. They're attacking everyone who is a Christian in politics as a Christian nationalist. All the Christians are pearl-clutching and hand-wringing about Christian nationalism. All the, all the nervous uh, you know, religious types are all warning me, Lance, don't use the term Christian nationalist. This just makes me so mad. I feel like coming out as a Christian nationalist because of all, because the devil controls, like the rainbow. You, the rainbow used to be in the Bible, a sign from God of his covenant that would never destroy. Then the LGBTQ movement got a hold of it. And now if you put a rainbow on something, are you LGBTQ? It's like the devil grabs stuff and brands it. It makes me so mad. I'm not. We stole the fucking rainbow from him. I'm so fucking happy. I didn't know it was just like a pattern anybody could use. Like fucking, I'm, I'm fucking rainbow is like my motif on the troll patrol. We stole the fucking rainbow from him. Suck a dick. Or eat a pussy, depending on, you know, who, or, or whatever. Or be, 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 be gay with whoever the, the, the person is, makes you gay with. In honor of us stealing the rainbow. Roy G. Biv is really pissed. <laughs> I, LGBTQ movement got a hold of it. And now if you put a rainbow on something, or are you LGBTQ? It's like the devil grabs stuff and brands it. It makes me so mad. I'm not willing to let Christianity and the nation or nationalism or love of nation be destroyed by the left. who's like an ubiquitous force. Like a, like they, they're like a, like, like a virus. Don't- We're a ubiquitous force. Now the virus thing is kind of, kind of Nazi-esque. Nazi-esque. <laughs> try to call people a virus. But you know, if we want to really get a lesson on Nazism, you know who you turn to? Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager. How do people do that? How do people vote to destroy their own cities? Because nice people can do a lot of damage. The the, so I gave the example. There were nice people who were even slave owners. George Washington was a slave owner. He was not only a nice person, he was a great person. So what did the left do? Like the independent in England is a big, it's a big uh, site, right? But it's left wing. Yeah. So they headline. Dennis Prager says. Dennis Prager said that uh, slave owners were nice people. It is so typical of the left to do that because truth is not a left-wing value. 
Is that the entire... So what he is doing right now is accusing the left of creating straw mans to attack him with. As a straw man to attack the left, or a straw man of the left to attack. Bravo, Dennis, bravo. Entirety of what I said. There were nice people who supported communism, the, the greatest mass murder machine in human history. There were nice people who supported, who voted for the Nazis. You think every single German who voted for the Nazis was personally despicable? Most people who voted for the Nazis in the last free election in Damn, that's a good question. Are the people who voted for the Nazis personally despicable? You could make an argument that there had to be a lot of ignorant people. And you could make an argument that being that fucking ignorant of something that obvious would make one despicable. That's kind of oof. Because, I mean, comparable now would be like voting for Trump. And, yes, I do kind of think most Trump voters are despicable or, or too dumb to know any better. Do you, okay, like, he's wanting to punch up, right? Like, or I, I don't even, I don't even know what the rules are for debating Dennis Prager. Can I get in on debating Dennis Prager or like, is he, is he trying to punch down? Can't, well, like, what, what's, what's the deal? Is he even like, he said he ached for it. He fucking ached for it. Ached to debate, but like he had a very narrow list of people that he said he would debate. Okay. Okay. Fair enough, Mox. To... To people that voted for him and then uh, turned against the Nazi regime and helped, uh, especially people that helped hide Jews and uh, commit industrial sabotage, fair enough. Uh, uh, Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler went along with the Nazi party until he started committing industrial sabotage and shit against them after it was just too much to take. So those people aren't despicable. Well, like for, for two thirds of the movie, I'm just like, this is a, this is capitalist propaganda. Over here. <laughs> I really wasn't into it. Then he starts committing some industrial sabotage and I'm like, okay, Okay, I can get behind that. Was to make sure not a single shell from his factory hits its target. Cool. In Germany, 1932, actually were voting on economic bases, not Jew hatred bases. Some did, clearly, but most voted for economic reasons. And that's the same, that's the same bullshit excuse Republicans use today. If you think sophisticatedly, you can't be a leftist. You could be a liberal, you could be a conservative, you can't be a leftist.
I would argue that making such hasty generalizations about your opposition would be classified as you not thinking, sir. My God. Dennis Prager, you're... But this could be, this could be the one that takes the cake. I've never really heard from this guy before. His name is Chris Rufo. He was on with Tucker Carlson. And this is the guy that you have to thank for the current CRT panic. This is the dumb fuck that decided CRT, critical race theory, sounds scary. And decided to brand it his words. As like anything uh, that scares right-wingers. You look at the images of predominantly most of these young girls. Uh, This is not health. This is not beauty. This is not happiness. Uh, And I always think of uh, uh, my own Italian grandmother and then her kind of of siblings, that that generation. If they saw this, their instinctual reaction. Who was your grandmother? Like... When was she born? Was this under Mussolini, first of all? Like, that's a little weird, sir. Uh, uh, my own Italian grandmother and then her kind of her kind of siblings, that, that generation, if they saw this, their instinctual reaction, informed not by book learning, my grandmother had a fifth grade education, but by tradition, by kind of human nature, by a rational uh, uh, look at this, they would say, this is ugliness. This is uh, uh, demonic. This is something that is bad, that should be uh, uh, really uh, uh, rejected. And we've lost that basic common sense where you see a woman, or young girl rather, who is looking uh, unwell, who is looking ill, who is looking uh, ugly. Uh, and we are actually required <laughs> not just to suppress those feelings. I'm so, this is I'm sorry I'm sorry we we've got to go to this this is great I was on crack right right <laughs> <laughs> so Mike Lindell is saying that he was at a Hardee's when he had his phone seized my pillow CEO Mike Lindell told the Daily Beast on Tuesday night that the FBI seized his cell phone while he was at a Hardee's restaurant. Lindell also posted on social media a grand jury subpoena from a federal prosecutor in Colorado and what appears to be a search warrant. The FBI had no immediate comment on the reported seizure of the phone. They took my phone, Lindell told the Daily Beast Tuesday evening via phone. The FBI did! Lindell claimed the FBI was looking for more information on a fellow election fraud conspiracy theorist Dennis Montgomery. Hey guys, I can point you towards an election fraud conspiracy theorist. So, this is just breaking like the last hour. Oh, Mike Lindell. And this comes... After dozens of subpoenas were issued over the weekend. This is one of those stories I had for the show last night. That we didn't get around to, but I need to I need to find right now. There's a lot of FBI activity going on. DOJ slaps dozens of subpoenas on Trump World over January 6th. 
Department of Justice has issued around 40 subpoenas in the past week seeking information about former President Donald Trump's plans to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Uh, This is according to the New York Times on Monday uh, on the number of subpoenas issued, as well as noting that two Trump advisors, Boris Epstein and Mike Roman, had their phones seized. Dan Scavino, Trump's long-term social media guru, was among those to receive subpoenas, as well as Bernard Carrick, the former New York City police commissioner who has also been under scrutiny by the January 6th committee. The Times reported last week that former Trump advisor Stephen Miller and former White House political director Brian Jack also received subpoenas. The Justice Department has long been investigating Trump's effort to overturn the election, as well as his role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. The subpoenas issued in the past few days pertain to the scheme to overturn the election results by having swing states submit slates of phony electors declaring Trump the winner, as well as the Save the America PAC, which recently became part of the investigation for allegedly defrauding donors and forking over money to root out election fraud that didn't exist. Hey guys, I debated with a guy I can point you to last night. His name was Javon Hussein uh, 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 Hutton Hooven. I I might have fucked his name up. I'm just saying. That might not be right. J. Hutton Pulitzer. Go arrest that motherfucker. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's guilty of fucking something. Uh, the DOJ's probe into the efforts to overturn the election are only the beginning of Trump's legal troubles. DOJ is also investigating whether Trump violated the Espionage Act by hoarding highly classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Trump has claimed he declassified the documents while he was still president. His legal, ta- uh, his legal team indicated in a filing on Monday that this wasn't the case. Trump's lawyers contradict Trump's claim that Mar-a-Lago docs were declassified. The ex-president's legal team argued on Monday that the, de- uh, the, the classification status of documents seized by the Justice Department should be determined later. Uh, Trump's lawyers contradicted his assertions that the documents seized by the Department of Justice from his home at Mar-a-Lago were declassified, arguing in a court filing on Monday that the document's classification status should be determined later. Trump's lawyers did not claim that Trump had classified the documents, only that he had broad, virtually unquestionable authority to do so. The roundabout irresolution stands in contrast to Trump publicly stating that he had declassified the documents. Since we're, I, w- I was even going to leave it alone tonight. We were just going to talk about Trump tangentially. Now let's go to this story. This is juicy. DOJ sought Mar-a-Lago footage from days before Trump turned over uh, docs to the archives. 
The Justice Department sought security footage of Mar-a-Lago as far back as the week before former President Trump's team turned over an initial batch of documents to the National Archives. The details surfaced as federal magistrate judge agreed to a Justice Department request to unseal a, lightly, a slightly less redacted version of the affidavit used to gain a warrant to search Trump's Florida home. The bulk of the document unseals details that have since become public through reporting, but the unsealed redactions offer a few new details about the department's investigation, particularly after it said in a late August filing that it had developed evidence that documents were likely concealed and removed while at Mar-a-Lago. The May subpoena for video asked for camera footage from January 10th onward little more than a week before Trump's team turned over 15 boxes to National Archives, which resulted in a referral to the Justice Department. It's unclear to what extent Trump's team compiled, uh, complied with the subpoena or if their cameras retained footage going back that far. The affidavit notes that Trump's uh, organization staff turned over a hard drive on, J- on July 6th, but the rest of the paragraph remains redacted. New York Times previously reported that Mar-a-Lago had retained video footage for 60 days for some parts of the property. The document also offers insight into conversations Trump's attorneys had with the Justice Department following an additional May subpoena asking for the return of all records. Trump attorney Evan Corcoran primarily dealt with the Justice Department at that time. Trump's team turned over a limited number of documents while also submitting a sworn statement in June, indicating there were no further records on the property. During that exchange, a figure listed as F. POTUS Council 1 told authorities he was advised that all the records that were being turned over to the Justice Department were from the Mar-a-Lago storage room and that he was not advised that any documents were within Trump's personal office. Investigators would show the attorney was mistaken during their August search. The phrasing renews questions over who relayed this information to the attorney. Sounds like it's, uh, sounds like the attorney lied to me. Is this a video from the newly revamped CNN? Yeah, let's see what they got. Break down the four major investigations into Trump. Then we'll do election news. Oh, what? You said what? What? It's election. Yeah. Yeah, it's primary day. The primary. Is, is the CNN going to play for me? Oh, shit. I thought Dan Bedondi was on. Jackson Hinkle on. I think Jackson Hinkle comes on later than me. I've been trying I've been trying to clout chase some Jackson Hinkle. Bye. Uh, the, the, the fucking it's not gonna play or CNN video is not gonna play. also apparently uh, Twitter shareholders approve the 400 or, or 44 billion dollar Musk deal which I thought they'd already done I thought that was already a done deal 
all CNN is on uh, on YouTube is uh, Russia. All they got over here. Can you load up for me now? Are we finally gonna play? Well, fuck you, CNN. I don't. I don't like your uh, your new setup. We're not even gonna give you a try anymore. It is a primary day in New Hampshire and uh, one other state, Pens and uh, no, no, not, not New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Live reporting. No, it's not important enough to have any uh, any live reporting right now. NBC News talking about social Quote, media dangers. No we as rappers or our loved ones, they've got. They're talking about Nicki Minaj, and it's a primary day. That's what you. That's what you get. That's the. That's the shit you get from NBC. Hassan, the Democratic challenger, or the Democratic, uh, she, she's the incumbent, <laughs> uh, the incumbent senator, was the former governor. The Republican challenger looks to be uh, Donald... Ball of Duke. I don't know. It's pretty close. Pretty fucking close. Yeah, I'm totally like, I, I didn't even put the election. You're just joining me. I haven't felt good the last couple of days. I'm just completely, uh, completely off my game. I do not think that Musk is buying Twitter. I still don't think it happens. That is that is Twitter's side going, yeah, we're still going through with the deal. Musk is doing everything he can to back out of it. I just wanted a video so they could tell you what was going on in the election. I didn't have to I didn't have to read it. Apparently the Delaware primary is also going on.
And in Rhode Island, I don't even think that's a real state. I don't think it exists. Oh no, I'm you guys get the news for yourself tonight here. There there's your election results. Go do it yourself. I'm not gonna read it to you. <laughs> Good evening. People snug in here. Hey, Nicole, what's going on? Tassie, if I said hey to you, I love your face. You too, Joey. Mike Lindell had his phone seized at a Hardee's. Just in, just in case you weren't aware. That was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> well I don't believe you, Nicole. I don't think Rhode Island is real. People keep telling me these, these fantastical stories about how they went to fucking Rhode Island as a kid. Yeah, I went to Narnia as a kid too, ma'am. <laughs> I didn't. I've never. I've never read the. Is that the Lion, the the Witch, and the Lord of the Rings? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I'm just I'm I'm off my game. I think my hair looks funny tonight. Like I keep seeing shit like popping up. Kind of hungry. <laughs> just it's just one of those. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm going to feel embarrassed later, and I'm going to be like, I didn't read them the news. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, I feel a lot better now than what I did, like, yesterday during the show. Like, by the end of the show last night, my eyes were watering, and I had such a headache. And I couldn't, I couldn't read shit. Tonight, like, I'm not, like, I just, like, I'm just blah. I'm just blah. I'm not on top of my game. It's not that I not that I feel bad, but thank you for your well wishes. Is it is just a thing. It is just a thing. But I'm happy. I'm happy about some shit that's going on. And I do want to I do want to talk about this shit tonight before we get out of here. Railroad strike negotiations have been held up by battle over sick time policy. The top labor negotiator in talks to avert a railroad strike accused BNSF and Union Pacific of holding up the progress. Attendance policies have been a point of contention for unions for years. BNSF, which is owned by Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, flatly rejected Pierce's claim, calling it categorically false. Oh, we've got a video. Let's watch CNBC now. As we watch CNBC, I spoke with Dennis Pierce. He as we watch CNBC talk about the strike. Remember that we are watching the bourgeoisie describe the, the strike effort. Representing the 12 labor unions. He told me the biggest sticking point is the refusal of unpaid sick time for employees. We've withdrawn our proposal for paid sick leave. 
Uh, we're looking for time away from work to address our medical issues, whether that's an illness, whether that's a routine physical. And right now, primarily Union Pacific and BNS. Ida, good evening. Pushing attendance policies that are assessing points to our members when they just do their regular medical events. In email comments to CNBC, Union Pacific says the company, quote, continues to push for a prompt resolution that provides historic wage increases to employees and allows the railroads to pre- prevent further disruption to the struggling supply chain. We're also hearing from Berkshire-owned BNSF. They're saying, quote, it's a categorically false statement to say BNSF is holding up the contract negotiations. We have been negotiating as an industry and have reached an agreement with multiple unions based on the presidential's emergency board recommendations. And just this morning, yet another shoe is dropping ahead of the possible strike. Amtrak is now saying it's canceling some long distance routes starting today with more cancellations possible. Hell yeah. Operator says effective trips include the Southwest Chief route from Chicago to Los Angeles, the Empire Builder route from Chicago to Seattle, the California Zephyr route from Chicago to San Francisco, and the Los Angeles to San Antonio portion of Texas Eagle route. Dom? All right, so it's not just uh, cargo carriers, it's passengers now as well. Lorianne, if this cannot be settled, what are the odds that a strike will actually happen? Well, Don, Pierce told me they are still at the bargaining table, but they need to secure an agreement their membership will ratify. At this point, they have done polling of 10,000 participants in a 72-hour period, and 80% of their membership has made it crystal clear they will not accept this contract because it does not address their quality of life issues. I then asked if Congress does step in and the cooling period is extended, what his members will do. I've personally talked to members who have said that if they don't, we don't fix this, we're leaving. They could lose upwards of 10% of their workforce over this, and it will just further harm the supply chain. Pierce said wow. they do not intend to blink, and that if they, uh, this is the power to you motherfuckers, don't blink. And good on CNBC. That was that was pretty neutral. Avenging Pineapple, good evening. Glad to see your face. I love it. I love your face. I love your face. And I also love these nurses that are striking in Minnesota. Day morning, 15,000 nurses throughout the state from several hospitals will be on strike. Saturday, there were uh, there's two uh, health care facilities up in Duluth that were bargaining. And then down here in the cities, Children's and the Fairview system. We're, we're at the table. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get anywhere. The latest negotiations come after months of back and forth on new contracts between the Minnesota Nurses Association and seven hospital groups. Nurses say they want a nearly 30% boost to their economic package over three years. But some hospital groups say they've offered 11 to 12% over the same time period. Actually, 27% from our side came across up at St. Uh, up in Duluth. How about so 33 and two-thirds kind of percent chance? Uh, you know, not all the hospitals, but potentially stands at 27 right now. Theirs is still at 12. Paul Omot represents four of the seven hospital groups. We've indicated a willingness to negotiate reasonable amounts above that, but right now the nurses 
position is just unrealistic and un- unaffordable. Essential Health issued a statement after last night's negotiation. Oh, I think not, sir. Disappointed in the MA focusing its efforts on a strike instead of at the bargaining table and said we cannot agree on the MA's request for a 27% wage increase because it's not responsible. While hospitals say replacement staff will be available starting tomorrow morning, nurses are preparing to hit the picket line. And so our profession is in crisis right now. And this is a do-or-die situation. Charmaine Nero, Care 11 News. Capitalism is in crisis. Capitalism, this is, the, this is the fall of capitalism that you are witnessing. Workers in Washington and Oregon have gone on strike. Kind of been overshadowed by these two larger strikes, but I also stand with these workers. Dozens of workers picketing at the Raymond Washington site earlier on Tuesday. The Washington-based company announced a work stoppage involving members of the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers Union on Tuesday. Warehouser has about 1,200 union members, which includes employees in the company's wood products and Timberlands organization. The senior vice president of Warehouser said in a statement the company presented their final offer and IAM workers went on strike late last night. She goes on to say the company is disappointed about the walkout and that Warehouser is committed to supporting its employees and negotiating in good faith with union representatives. Meanwhile, workers on this picket line in Washington told us every department is on strike and they're striking for better health care benefits and wages. And officials with Warehouser say they will continue to work closely with customers and other partners across the region to minimize any supply disruptions. For now in Seattle, Brady Wakayama, King 5 News. Eternal wealth amassing deities. That's a good description of Avenging Pineapple. With what we believe. Corporations used to be dissolved after a project was done. There were things like building bridges over rivers and shit. Just another sign of the decaying uh, capitalism. <laughs> Pause for the queen. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's hear from Monica again. Monica Lewinsky says, Star's death painful for those who love him. (laughs) Which is clearly not her, I would assume. Monica Lewinsky had a tempered, compassionate response because she is a badass to the death of Ken Starr, the former independent counsel whose investigation of Bill Clinton helped reveal her affair with the president and she once wrote, made her life a living hell. We went over the whole Clinton scandal. I think I did a good job of... Uh, going over it. I'll probably clip that for YouTube. Go back to the way back in time. Because I I didn't have a talk show to be able to talk about the Clinton scandal back then, so. Well, I probably did. I probably did in high school. I I couldn't talk about the Clinton scandal in high school on my, on my fucking, uh, anyone recognize where that song is from? What song? God comment. Oh, you you threw out some lyrics. Have you tried Googling it? Googling it? 
Or you you knew the answer. You were quizzing us, didn't you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Right wingers are morons. Around here, you say seize the day, and I think avenge sevenfold. Uh, and I don't even really like Avenged Sevenfold. Don't hold, don't hold that against me. I'm sorry, Sky Comet. I've never seen Newsies. Or did I when I was like really fucking young? I have no clue. I just, I just know I like a couple of Avenged Sevenfold songs. Seize the day is one of them. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool one. Oh, it's about Newsboy Strike. Oh shit, that's cool. Was it in Chicago? Like that Newsboy Strike? I might be, I might be slightly aware of the history, just slightly. Not, not enough to take a quiz on it. I was in New York. So when Sparkles and I watched the, uh, the, the, uh, and like I got my mouth just farted. I don't even know how I can do that. Like it was, it wasn't even a fart. It wasn't a mouth fart. It was a mouth queef. It was like some air got caught up under, under my, when Sparkles and I watched West Side Story, I thought it was like about Italians and apparently it was about the Puerto Ricans. Like I was way off. <laughs> like, oh, I always thought this movie's about Italians. I don't know why I thought of that. Fuck Disney. Disney owns the copyright on every of course Disney owns it. Like seriously, like Disney like like almost owns all of media now. It's kind of, it's kind of like fucking shit. And Disney, Disney was close to, um, Disney was close to like having to downsize and not be the juggernaut that it is. Late 1990s, early 2000s. There, there, there is speculation that like Pirates of the Caribbean saved Disney. It was like Pixar wasn't part of Disney at that time. <laughs> and that came later, and like and shit, like Pixar was giving Disney a run for their money. And like I wish Disney had gone under; would have all been better off for it. But then again, it would have been some other evil corporation if it wasn't Disney. That's an indictment of the system. I'm just rambling now at this point. Incoherent rambling. That's all this show is. If you game for substance tonight, you got the wrong night. I'm sorry. Here's the Queen's Corgis. Starting Monday morning, 15,000 nurses. That's a, that's a worker strike. 
It's been happening more and more here lately. I go to copy something and just like it doesn't, it doesn't copy it. Watch it be the strike again. Starting Monday morning, 15,000 nurses throughout the state from several hospitals will be on strike. Saturday, there were, uh, there's two uh, healthcare facilities up. Starting Monday morning, 15,000 nurses throughout the state from several hospitals will be on strike. Tonight, the White House announcing President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are attending the Queen's funeral. Tassie, that's been a thing. That's been a thing like every fucking year. Or, I mean, not, not every year, but like every seven years. Every, what, like Disney always fights in Congress to extend the, the copyright law. They tried, they tried to extend it on, on Winnie the Pooh. That's how they're doing that Winnie the Pooh movie now. But like, you still, you still can't do a Pooh with, uh, with the red shirt. You can't do like Disney's Pooh. You have to do a Pooh from. Uh, you have to do a Pooh like from the from the fairy tale. You have to do a Pooh. Biden is not invited to bring a delegation with him, which is a break from other state funerals for world leaders. This is we are learning more about the Queen's quote. Best friends, the two corgis who were always by her. They keep fighting to extend that shit as far as I know. As much as I mean, copyright used to be like 70 years. And royal crown. The Queen's waddling entourage of Welsh corgis were a symbol known around the world. The run of the palace and a place in her heart. The Gorgies were a big deal. Sally Bedell Smith has written extensively about the royal family, dogs and all. They were just extremely good company for her uh, in good times and bad. And uh, I think they made her laugh. From her youth, the queen loved animals, horses, hunting dogs, but the corgis were special. Her first, Susan, went along on the queen's honeymoon. Corgis are really cool. To a long line of pampered pooches, fed from silver bowls, walked incessantly, and playing a peculiar diplomatic role when the queen met others. Diana said they were like a little moving carpet that preceded her into a room. And whenever the conversation lagged in any way, the corgis could always be counted on to supply some point of conversation. The dogs were not always so agreeable. The First Minister of Scotland recalled a dinner with the Queen when the lights began to fail. My husband suddenly leapt up and darted across the room. Peter had spotted the cause of the flickering light. One of Her Majesty's corgis puppies? was chewing through the cord. They never bit the queen, but uh, but they did uh, bite some of her staff. The queen was known to have as many as six at a time, and when she crossbred them with dachshunds, she was credited with creating the dorgy. At the end, though, the dogs in her company dwindled to just a few. The last are now destined to live with the Duke and Duchess of York, and perhaps, as this comic suggests, like so many people, they will miss the lady at the other end of the leash. Some people closer to the royal family have said maybe the reason she liked A lot of people aren't going to miss the lady at the other end of the leash. Problems. It's kind <laughs> of like the queen was owned by somebody. Oh my god, now I've got fucking images of the queen in bondage. 
Now, now I've got images of the queen in bondage, like medieval style. Better. Oh, now it's a weird amalgamation of the two. Strangely arousing. All right, yeah, you got the you got the queen's puppies. That's what that that's your animal video for tonight. If you're watching on Twitch, let's go say hey to Squid. Go hey, go say hey to Squid. Squid's good people. I'll try to be back on top of my game tomorrow. And we'll do actual news probably go ahead light one up dip one back it's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack i'm justin freaking we'll see you tomorrow night on the troll patrol live oh lady b i'm so sorry i missed you i just i just i just saw you come in